Hello and welcome to the first ever WM People podcast. Uh, we'll be putting out the podcast every two weeks and it will be a discussion, a conversation between a working mum and a working dad about topics in the news over those two weeks. Today I'm joined by Ben Falk, editor of workingdads.co.uk and I'm Mandy Garner, editor of workingmums.co.uk. Hi Mandy. Hi, Ben. It's been a, a long time coming, this podcast, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and there's lots to talk about. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Every time you think that there's not going to be anything in the news, there is then something else pops up. Yes, it's always busy. <laughs> yeah. So what I think what we're hoping, aren't we, is that just kind of covering some of the sort of stuff that uh, working mums, working dads, working parents in general are kind of facing day to day, week to week. Offering, I don't know whether we can offer advice. We hope we can, but we're not quite sure. Yes, absolutely. And then a lot of those issues are ones that come up again and again and again. Yeah, exactly. And um, what was the thing that struck you about this week? Well, I mean, childcare is always in the news. Well, certainly in the last six months or so, there's been endless stories about childcare and different sort of suggestions about what ways we can deal with the cost of childcare and availability issues around childcare. In the last two weeks, um, we've, I mean, oh, actually yesterday, <laughs> there was uh, news about the DWP potentially trying to lure mothers back into the workplace. And that was on Twitter and what have you, and everybody was jumping up and down saying, well, what about childcare? What's um, it like What's it like for you um, on Working Mums when childcare comes? It must be pretty... Does it suddenly, like, erupt on your timeline? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, I think there's much more... Working Mums has been going since t- 2006, 2007, and we childcare has come up again and again and again. But in the last few... The last year or so, it's really sort of taken off, and also because of the impact of COVID uh, and childcare closures and all of that kind of thing, and also the, the childcare fees going up and there's been more kind of campaigns pregnant then screwed did a big march of the mummies in october and it's definitely higher up the political agenda and they were discussing for example childcare being part of economic infrastructure recently and i think that's it's it's much more it's much higher up the agenda than it used to be it used to be that nobody paid particular attention to it at all in in political terms or little so we're recording this the day after a, a sort of dw something came out from the department yeah. of worker pensions right so we, we were trying to like we were trying to chatting about this off air like figuring out what yeah. like what is it what they trying to do it's kind of kind of hard isn't it to like exactly figure out what the goal of this uh, new thing is mel stride is, has kind of brought this to the to attention yes so mel strides also did because i work i'm editor of working wise as well which is for the old for older workers and mel stride's been looking at economic inactivity among older workers uh, so there's been a big rise in economic inactivity since covid among older workers and everybody's sort of thinking how on earth can we get those people back into the workplace and they've been talking about all sorts of different things like benefits changes and tax potential tax cuts and and stuff like that and there was a report that they're also looking at how to get mums back into work and there has been a rise in economic inactivity among mums over the last year in particular and everybody was jumping up and down on twitter because they were like well you, you there was no mention of childcare and childcare is definitely one of the big barriers and difficulties for 
for parents it's always it's always we always talk about it as a mum's thing but it's actually a parent thing but there's lots of other reasons I think that people may have dropped out as, as a result of Covid. It's so weird isn't it when people sorry to interrupt it's so weird when people talk about productivity and economic activity and all that stuff isn't it like when like childcare and whether people can afford it and whether it's like accessible and those things that's sort of the centre of everything like it should be that and then everything should sort of go from there, right? Yeah. It's so weird when they don't seem to think that. Yes, and not only childcare, I mean, all care infrastructure. So we're talking about childcare, but also elder care, because a lot of people are dealing with caring for relatives or, you know, whatever, partners and that kind of thing, or grandparents, you know, the parents, but also healthcare, obviously, <laughs> which we have a big issue with at the moment. So, yes, how do we do... <laughs> <laughs> that care is really important and the women's budget group talked about post-covid revival should be a care-led revival and of course we just saw boris johnson at the time in um, hard hats and you know high vis construction and it's all about construction <laughs> care <laughs> is like very much a, <laughs> seen as a female kind of thing and not really you know they can women can do it unpaid it doesn't matter <laughs> i know well it's funny i was i was looking at my timeline this morning and there was a picture of johnny mercer the the mp with his child on his lap and kind of going daddy daycare you know in london today and it was it's just so funny how it's still for mm. dads there's still this kind of big it's like an it has to be an announcement it's so strange yeah uh, where it shouldn't be like this huge announcement that this is happening right now but that seems to still be the case so it seems like we need to change that mindset it, it's it takes a long time it seems to be this kind of paradigm generational shift or something i don't know yes because we know that younger dads are much more involved and hands on with with kids and stuff but it still seems to be the narrative and, and we've seen obviously in covid that mums were doing you know dads did do more than they did before but mums did more as well everybody did more and mums were already doing more so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everybody's absolutely exhausted as a result and i think that that's contributed in part to i mean i don't know because we don't have the data yet really about economic inactivity among among women uh, among women with caring responsibilities but you know there's all sorts of different issues there also kind of post covid what's happened with children teenagers I know lots of people with children with mental health issues for example and how do you deal with those as a parent because they're quite difficult to work around <laughs> yeah I mean I, I've got a nine and a six-year-old and they're at primary school and two different primary schools actually and it's kind of intriguing like seeing you know I've chatted about it with my wife actually that there's almost like this idea that someone will be there the idea of both of us working is is somehow weird or strange you know we live in a middle class area both my wife and I work but actually there's quite a lot of people that don't have two partners working at my my daughter's school but it seems like everything is just kind of revolved around that idea that someone will be there in the middle of the day so they do they definitely need to kind of think about how they're going to change this I don't know, it's just so strange, isn't it? This kind of set up this, as I said, it's a mindset thing whereby it's not a normal thing for people to have childcare that they can afford, that they're kind of encouraged to use, that it's easy to use. It seems to be always a struggle. There seems to be always these kind of things like Mel Stride having to come out and say, I'm going to fix childcare when it should just be organised and done and sorted. Yes, and there doesn't seem to be any kind of... I mean, ask the parents. <laughs> That's what I say. Ask the parents. I mean, I've got, I have four children, and um, you know, live in a in a small village. 
childcare after school it's not just childcare you know when they're in nursery and stuff which is exorbitant and you know everybody tries to manage it in, in whichever way they can and it's not just that people drop out of work but also the kind of work that they're able to do because the childcare is so expensive or difficult to come by or whatever but wraparound childcare is just awful I mean in in small villages and stuff you know after school is basically netball club netball club for one group of you know if you've got more than one child of a different age that's no good to me at all I'll pick up I have to pick the other ones up at three and then I have to come back and pick the other one up from netball club it actually increases <laughs> the amount of pickups I have to yeah, do yeah 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 <laughs> I, I you know I think it's good isn't it that it's coming into the conversation like it there there definitely be a period over the past few years when it hasn't even been talked about it's just been something that's shrugged you know shrugged under the carpet but the fact that it's coming into the conversation, that people are talking about it, mm. they're thinking about how to kind of get, you know, whether it's um, dealing with childcare um, you know, tax credits or how benefit claimants get their money for childcare, you know, that's a that's a good thing. I mean, that we, we can't say that's not a good thing, but it just it, it doesn't seem like it's much of a fix. It seems like it's a very very tiny, small, you know, step on the way to it being fixed. Yes, and I think there's still a long way to go. I mean, there, we were, you know, there was a Telegraph headline that it's kind of been pushed down the agenda. Rishi Sunak's pushed it down the agenda. It's not a priority at the moment. And, you know, maybe they're going to have something just before the election to make, you know, kind of a vote winner type of thing. But what will they do? What will they do? All the solutions that have been suggested so far from the government are very much tweaks and probably won't make much difference. No. And that's going to be the big thing, I think, of whoever is in power. We, you know, we're uh, non-partisan here, <laughs> so we're not, we're not, this is not anti or pro anything particularly, but it's definitely that something needs to be talked about. And, and where we get to a point where Johnny Mercer tweeting out a picture of himself with his son is like a cute picture, but not a kind of slap on the back, well done, mate, you're, you're amazing, because that's kind of pathetic, really. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what else has been on your radar? So the Cranfield School of Management put out a really interesting report in the last couple of weeks on part-time work. And what they were doing was they were looking at, they were, they've been sort of researching, uh, during COVID, we had flexible furlough was was a thing. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, we were worried, weren't we, before we started this, like, are we going to have to explain every single term? I mean, we might, and we're happy to do that, but, like, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? So flexible furlough, yes. Yes, Sorry, so flexible Mandy. furlough is that you could come, you could be on furlough for part of the time and you could come back in sort of part of the week. And so that would help employers who, you know, that when if there wasn't a lot of uh, business around at the time, they could bring somebody back, but only bring them back part of the week. And the idea idea of the research is to look at how managers cope with that and to see whether they became more confident about managing part-time or workers um, as a result of that and they did find that actually there was an increase in confidence and ability to manage part-time workers which is one of the kind of things that has come up as a barrier to to having more part-time working and they are calling for kind of a a pilot to look at part-time innovation work. So it's it's really interesting because part-time work did suffer as a result of COVID 
partly because the the sectors that were affected like retail and hospitality have a lot of part-time workers a lot of women in those professions as well uh, looking at flexible working so yeah I think that was it was really interesting but now we have to go forward with that and it doesn't it seems kind of counterintuitive that you talk about part-time work at a time when there's a cost of living crisis and everybody's worried do people want to work part-time I mean the number of people working full-time has gone up over COVID so but I think I think that is one of the issues when we were talking about economic inactivity among older workers and things like that part-time work is one of those issues that could help with if somebody's got a health condition or or whatever it might be uh, needs more work we know that older workers want more work-life balance a lot of them not not everybody's the same but you know just have that choice and that there's a lot of work to be done around having more quality part-time positions and part-time positions that can lead to progression so yeah, I mean, I think that's, I'm, I'm not going to be drawn into saying that COVID was good. But, uh, you know, one of the good things about the pandemic for, you know, for me and my friends and looking at, you know, editing Working Dads was that it's, it seems like the conversation is beginning to change around kind of this idea that we slave away at work every single hour that God sends and just sort of carry on, carry on, carry on. And it's like, you know, that, that it seems like there are those conversations for dads certainly are, are kind of changing a little bit. You know, I, it, it's slow, mm. but I don't know. I work with, with students um, quite regularly as well and, and def- definitely kind of speaking to them, this idea that they work, you know, thousands and thousands of hours and strive and it's this idea that like being ambitious means you have to work every single hour of every single week but actually you know I think that's one of the good things that the pandemic made us realize right that sort of yeah we can there's, there's different ways to kind of achieve your ambitions and there's different ways to work I think it's really good for working dads you know this this idea that we kind of supposed to be you know you know, traditionally or whatever, supposed to be the breadwinners, supposed to be the people that work all the time. And actually, there are kind of alternative ways to work, I think is is brilliant. I mean, you know, anything that, any, especially when it's somewhere like Cranfield, which is obviously really kind of uh, highfalutin and important. And when they're sort of saying that there are different ways to do it, I think it's it's great. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think this is part of something, there's, there's been that sort of change coming uh, and there's been people looking at new ways to work and also technology enables, you know, new ways to work and things. But um, I think COVID has, has definitely accelerated that. And then we've had the, like the four day week yeah. uh, pilot thing. Well, let, let's see what happens, what the research shows on that. But um you know, for, for, I know that I've spoken to employers that do the four-day week. They might do it in different, slightly different ways according to their different profession. But and there are different parts of of an organisation that might do it in a different way because different different sections of an organisation might need different things. But it's it's all part of that. You know, let's look at ways to give people different ways of working, but also more of a rest. You know, the the big emphasis in the four-day week is on rest. You know, the the way that we work has become more and more intensive and, you know, there's a lot of burnout. And I think that that's part of the issue around, possibly around economic inactivity among older workers that doesn't get talked about a lot. This, you know, our research shows, for example, you know, alongside sort of ageism and people feeling undervalued in the workplace and stuff, you know, a lot of people are just burnt out <laughs> I mean that's definitely true I mean I, you know as we get more and more kind of au fait and intuitive about mental health 
particularly in the workplace and stuff, it seems like we really need, to, you know, that there, there is a crisis coming or, I mean, it's already here, I guess, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, it's, n- it's not going to diminish, I wouldn't have thought, unless we fundamentally reassess kind of how we, how we do things. And so, yeah, that kind of, that, that idea about burnout and, you know, doing more for less money and all the kind of things, the kind of crazy things that, that involves being a working person these days, um, we're going to need to rethink. Certainly, I mean, certainly on working dads, I've, we've, we've done a lot of stuff about the four day week. We've, I, I, I talked to a couple of people, actually, a couple of companies that have done the 4.5 day week as well. Mm. <laughs> the kind of nine day fortnight. Is that what? Yes, yeah, I, I guess think. the nine day fortnight. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, f- uh, obviously it's coming from the employers, but like the the um, data is good. Like they, 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 they're not immediately telling me, oh, yeah, we're, we're cancelling that. Like, you know, it's not one of those things where you briefly kind of bring something in and then, oh, actually, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. You know, they're, they're carrying on with that. So something must be working. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's right. I've, I've spoken to, for example, I spoke to a PR company who did it and it works really well for them because they have people on call at the weekend anyway. Fridays are a light day for news. Nobody put, well, very few people put out press releases on a Friday. <laughs> so it makes sense. And they've found lots of you know benefits from that. And people are more motivated, more relaxed, uh, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't necessarily work in all all organisations. No, it's not good. This is not a kind of unit, you know, yeah. a utilitarian way of just doing everything necessarily, is it? Yeah, but I think it's good that people are experimenting, and that is basically what the Cranfield thing is talking about—the need for people to, you know, keep experimenting and looking at new ways of doing things. And I certainly, I don't, you, you do as well, you know, have this portfolio yeah. approach to work, <laughs> where I have two part-time jobs. Um, and I find that although it can be quite busy at times when both of them going off at the same time, and they're on both on sort of red alert, <laughs> yeah. it can be quite exhausting. C- can you see, that? I mean, that because, you know, obviously, traditionally, one of the things that has happened when mums have come back from maternity leave is they come back and do a, you know, three days or four days, but actually employers have kind of yeah technically on the contract they're three days or four days but actually they've ended up with five days work do do you think can you see portfolio working you know can you see in the future where it might be that people have working for two different places obviously lots of people do that kind of from a freelance perspective but can you see that being a thing in the future yeah, I definitely see that. I see more and more people doing that. Lots of people also, I mean, they don't call it portfolio working, but they might do lots of shifts at different places and, and all of that kind of thing, and freelance on the side, or lots of people have a side, uh, whatever it's called, side, side hustle. Side hustle, yeah. That's a side I'm not, hustle. I'm, I'm slightly antagonistic towards that term because <laughs> it makes it sound like something that you should be spending and getting paid for. Like, you should, oh, no, it's yeah. fine, you do it for free because it's only a side hustle. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I, I'm hoping that that will, if more and more people are doing that, kind of thing then then employers will think more about you know because when you when you get somebody if somebody goes part-time there needs to be a rethink about the job that they do they can't do their full-time job in three days a week you have to take something away exactly yeah that there's that's the thing isn't it it's like do you have to take something away how do you manage that kind of that stuff like are you doing two days on this three days on that is it mm. everything over the whole week I don't know it's, it's hard it, it's still we're still kind of figuring it out right yes but again there are people who've been doing it well so that's true yeah ask them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Cranfield can you uh, <laughs> tell, tell us how to do it please <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And then finally, so we're covering the big topics today, aren't we, Andy? <laughs> we should go on to like smaller things, like little, ti- I don't know, are there small things in work with working parents? Probably not, no. no. Um, what, 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 else is, what else are you thinking about this week? Well, something that crosses both my working mums and my working wives' jobs is the government's response to the Women in Equalities report on the menopause. And that a lot of people were very unhappy about the government's response. Explain to us why they were. So Women in Equalities Committee had looked loads and loads of evidence from different people. Then they did a report, made several recommendations. And then the government comes back and responds to all those. And basically, they turned down quite a lot of the, they rejected. Um, a lot of the recommendations that the Women in Equalities Committee made. The one that got a lot of attention was menopause leave. I'm not sure about that one, but they so they rejected the idea of having menopause leave. And and I, to some degree, I sort of, I think there's a lot to be said about that because it's a, it's, it's a tricky one, but. Uh, I don't know if it could end up sort of backfiring on women if you have all these different types of leave yeah. um, and there seem to be... What, what would menopause kind of leave look case. like? like I, yeah, I don't t- even know. I don't know how it will work in practice. Would it be yeah. a chunk, a huge chunk, or would it be just two weeks like all like all the well, different exactly, things? Yeah. And two weeks is just not enough if, you know, the symptoms are really bad and they're ongoing yeah. for several years. And that's the thing, I think, that, you know, menopause can go on for, for quite some time. It's not like pregnancy where it's like, you know, there is a over. finite date. Yeah, there's yeah, a there's finite a date. date. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you open the door to things like period leave. And then if you have period leave, then are you basically saying that women are a liability? You know, they have to be yeah, treated as a problem, charity case. So I think there's a lot of difficulties in that. But there are other things that the government rejected, which I think are unfortunate. <laughs> For example, making menopause a protected characteristic and so it be open to uh, discrimination legislation um, and they said that it could be discriminatory to men to do that so men with long-term health conditions could could feel that they were discriminated against if only women uh, with menopause were included but menopause affects like all women and health conditions <laughs> don't tend to affect yeah, all it's, people it's difficult though isn't it because it's like with yeah i suppose i would if someone let's say has diagnosed OCD or something like that does that become a I, I don't I, you know maybe that's a protected characteristic in terms of a mental health condition already mm-hmm. I don't know you know it's you start to pass these lot kind of different sort of what what quote-unquote counts and what doesn't count which yes. is kind of that's where you get into trouble isn't it I suppose well I see OCD would come under um, disability yeah I suppose uh, it's disability stuff. yeah and that's uh, menopause comes under menopause now kind of falls between gender or sex age and disability right. so so that's another thing that they they rejected the idea that you could um, sue uh, an employer under several different characteristics so if you were a black woman with a disability and you were discriminated on all those three grounds you have to basically choose one of those grounds at the moment and uh, to sue your employer you can't sue them under all three at the same time and they said that that would lead I think their argument was that it would lead to a kind of hierarchy of of rights and uh, it would open the door to lots of other legal disputes with people sort of claiming multiple different forms of discrimination (laughs) but then that's how discrimination does work we know that it's intersectional and that there's it's worse for some people than than others so if you can prove that you know there's you've been discriminated against because of several different things then why can't you take a claim yeah it's based on that this i mean i i you know 
that there's a huge blind spot here, isn't there, in terms of how menopause, you know, the, 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 uh, certainly as a, as a young man growing up, like the, uh, that, uh, that thing, it was, it, this thing was completely mm. anathema to me. Like, I, you know, I, the, the wrapping my head around it was completely baffling. I knew, I knew it existed, but it kind of sounds pathetic now. I'm kind of revealing myself, but it's, you know, the, the idea, because it didn't happen to me, it becomes this thing that you don't really think about, but it's so, you know, it's just such an important, huge issue for work. Yes. And, uh, well, I mean, the same, you know, for me, I didn't think about menopause at all. I didn't know very much <laughs> about menopause at all. I think a lot of women don't know much about it because nobody talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, and that's a really good thing that people are talking about it and raising awareness about it. I didn't know, for example, when I was going through it, I didn't know. I mean, I knew the hot flushes and everything like that, but I didn't know things like brain fog and you know and I used to I remember sort of getting you know being in a in a public you know talking to about 100 people or so getting to the middle of a sentence and not knowing where I'd come from or where I was going and it's really it really undermines your confidence in yourself if you just you know you're like terrified of doing that again you've got to to have all sorts of notes and things just to remind yourself and I think that's quite a common thing but there's all sorts of different symptoms and you know, uh, you know things like depression and stuff like that that weren't talked about before. And I mean, you you've got slightly older kids. Mm. Are they are they t- are they taught about the menopause now in you know PHSE and all that? I don't know. I don't no. know. I've never asked them. I don't think so. No, we'll have to figure. We'll have to find that <laughs> out for next time. <laughs> I mean, sex education in schools isn't exactly like uh, <laughs> magnificent anyway, as it is, is it? So, I, I, the the idea that they'd be talking about that kind of gender stuff uh, is is probably probably not yeah I don't even know if they paid any attention at all to when I said oh I'm feeling so hot I'm really tired (laughs) or whatever I'm not sure if it if if they they took any of that in at all but it's I mean I I think it's funny isn't it because it's not funny at all but you know I I certainly um men reading you know you you see an article about the menopause in the paper or you know hear about it on the news and there's often you switch off because it's like this quote-unquote doesn't apply to me right but actually again that blind spot of of because it's you know especially in 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 the workplace it's such a huge part of things and men really need to figure out and understand exactly what that means and exactly yeah it's not just Mm. oh yeah hot flashes oh you know have a drink of water kind of massively mansplainy patronizing kind of thing (laughs) it's it's way bigger than that right you know and i think that that's that's something that hopefully is starting to get addressed i don't yeah yeah but also it varies according to some women don't have you know that yeah, many bad yeah. symptoms or whatever and some have tremendously awful um uh symptoms yeah. so it's being aware being able to i think raising awareness and making the adjustments some of the adjustments are not even big things to do yeah and um, flexible working can help and all those kind of things but just being able to talk to your line manager and say i've got yeah. these issues is is like really important yeah, I mean, definitely, for, you know, line managers, you know, people people who have with direct reports and stuff need to know about it and, and kind of be aware of it. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah, and also, you know, we know, well, there's been a little bit of research, you know, talking about how many women have 
you know dropped out of the workplace because of the menopause well, that's that's just awful <laughs> that that's yeah. happening and particularly at a time of labor shortages you know it should focus the employers minds one of the things that the government um, rejected another one of the things that they rejected was having model menopause policies um, and they think that it's about more about employers you know uh, there's no one size fits all and you know we should look at best practice among employers and it should be employer-led but I think that that's all very well, um, having an employer-led thing, but everything's being put onto employers at the moment. And uh, I think having some model, you know, policies and things, you know, obviously people can adapt them for their own situation, but it, it's a good thing. It's a practical step forward. Definitely. Well, look, that's that's our lot for this week. Um, the inaugural one, how do you feel, Mandy? <laughs> yeah. But both, both of us, we'll, we'll admit both of us were a little bit um, nervous about, about doing this, but hopefully it's been um, uh, entertaining. Hopefully it's been useful. Are you feeling better now? Are you feeling more loose and yes, loosey-goosey? Yes, I feel ready for the day. <laughs> we, 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 we didn't have tea for this one, but we thought we, we should, next time we'll, we'll get our cup of tea and make sure that we have, although we have to be then careful that we're not like clanking it all over the, yeah. the microphones and stuff. I think it makes you feel more relaxed, but I don't actually like tea. <laughs> there we go that's that, the tweet tweets about that so anyway we'd love to hear from you about the podcast if anything that we talked about today made you think made you wonder about stuff then please do kind of contact us um uh, at working mums um working dads working wise wm people um there is a wm people linkedin page so we'd love to hear from you absolutely yes let, let us know. It, uh, I think it's info, in, info at workingmums.co.uk if you want to get hold of me. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, all our details are kind of on our websites and stuff. Uh, workingdads.co.uk, workingmums.co.uk. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And we should be back in a couple of weeks with some more stuff. Yes, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it, it, it never is. stops. It never <laughs> stops. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, we hope you enjoyed yourselves. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Okay. Bye. Bye, Mandy.